And let us pray. God of grace, as we turn to listen for your word in Scripture, send your spirit upon us. Open our ears to your truth. Open our minds to the challenge in your message. Move our hearts so that we live out your challenge in the name of Jesus Christ, your word made flesh. Amen. Our first reading is from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, chapter 4, reading verses 9 to 14. But take care and watch yourselves closely, so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen, nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children, how you once stood before the Lord our God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people for me, and I will let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me as long as they live on the earth and may teach their children so. You approached and stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain was blazing up to the very heavens, shrouded in dark clouds. Then the Lord spoke out to you. The Lord spoke out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, which he charged you to observe, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord charged me at this time to teach you statutes and ordinances for you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy. Our second reading is a responsive psalm, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble in its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The the God of Jacob is our refuge. Our next reading is from the New Testament, Romans, chapter 8, verses 31 to 35. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is to condemn it? It is Jesus Christ who died, yes, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, 
who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And our final reading is from the New Testament, the book of John, chapter 15, reading verses 9 to 17. As the Lord has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servants do not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go out, bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The people of God had waited for so long. They had journeyed in this interminable journey that lasted for 40 years through the desert as they made their way from the land of Egypt to the land that God had promised to them. But before that, Before that, they had waited dynasties of the pharaohs of Egypt as they endured cruelty and harsh slavery in the land of Egypt. But before that, they had waited generations, more than four generations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, more than four generations for the promise of God to come true that God would give to Abraham and his descendants after him a land to call their own, a land of prosperity that was flowing with milk and honey. And for all of those years, the children of God, sometimes remembering, sometimes letting slip from their sight the promise of the land. But God was faithful. And as a result, As the people of God prepared to take possession of the promised land, as we hear this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 4, one of the last instructions that they received before they crossed the Jordan River and entered into the promised land was this. Remember. As Angela just read for us, Moses says to the people of God, but take care and watch yourselves closely so as neither to forget that your eyes have what your eyes have seen, nor let slip from your mind all the days of your life. To forget is a passive verb. But to remember is active. 
It's easy to forget, isn't it? Just become distracted about something else for a little while and something else important that you were meant to do that day will slide out into the crowd, slide out of your thoughts with all these other crowded things in their lives. True confession moment. For the minister, that happened to me this very week because, well, all of you know, it was my birthday on Tuesday. But I also said to the Christian Ed Committee, don't worry, we can have a meeting on the night of my birthday. I won't forget about it. Usually I do nothing exciting on my birthday. But this year I said to my daughters, all I want is take us out for supper on my birthday. And that's what they did. And so I completely forgot about the Christian Education Committee. And so I'm sorry to the Christian Education Committee. Thank you for the birthday wishes, by the way. But it's so easy to just become distracted for a moment and forget the things that are supposed to be important, the things that are supposed to have priority. Sometimes maybe it's because we we just become a little careless in what's important. The days and the celebrations of our lives have become all too easily overlooked. I think men of the congregation, we get that, right? At least once a year when we forget our anniversaries. If you do that, that's why, ladies, it's not because we're willfully uh, hurtful. We just sometimes are careless of the things that are most important. And Moses knew that too. Moses knew that as he was speaking to the people of God before they entered the land. Moses acknowledges how easy it is to forget. And so in his last words to the children of God before they cross over the river and take possession of the land without him, Moses gives the people one last word. Remember. Remember the law of the Lord. Remember the covenant that God has formed with you. Remember how God has been faithful to us. And remember that we are to be faithful to God. Remember all these things, Moses says, and teach them to your children. Perpetuate the faith. Daily. Weekly, annually, the children of God established feasts and celebrations to help them remember the Lord their God, who had blessed them and their ancestors before them, who had heard their cries of affliction and freed them from oppression and hard service, who delivered them through trials and tribulations, and who had now brought them into the promised land. As followers of Jesus, we too recognize the importance of remembrance. It's part of our pattern for our own lives as well, daily, weekly, annually. Daily, we give thanks to God as we gather at our meal tables and celebrate the goodness and generosity that we receive from God's hand. We acknowledge that God is a providential God and that all that we have comes from him. Weekly, we gather here in worship, gathering with the community of faith to hear the great story of God's saving love 
and to sing the praises of our Lord, and also to encourage and lift up each other, drawing on the steadfastness of God's love and promises to us. And then annually, we mark great celebrations that remind us of the goodness of our Lord. We celebrate God's incarnation, the coming to us in human form in the celebrations around Advent and Christmas. We celebrate God's sacrificial love revealed in the events of Holy Week and God's power over death as Jesus is raised from the dead on Easter morning. Each celebration, large and small, personal and communal, is a celebration of the greatness of God. And with each celebration, we are encouraged to become more Christ-like in all that we do. As we come this morning and engage in special acts of remembrance, special for this day, we do so because we recognize the importance of the actions of many who have gone before us and who have sought to live lives of sacrifice in the service of others. As Jesus was trying to instruct his disciples about the meaning and significance of his death upon the cross, Jesus said these words to his followers, No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus noted how this revelation of his purpose in the world changed the type of relationship that Jesus had with his disciples. You are my friends, he said, if you do what I command. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. Because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. As we remember all those who went off to war, we remember they went with various motivations. Some went off filled with nationalistic fervor. Others went off with a sense of adventure. And still others to stand against the forces of oppression and a disregard for humanity. It is not far from the cries of the children of God in the slave pens of Egypt to the wire fences of the concentration camps in Germany or the terrors of the Blitz or the liberation of the starving masses in Holland. For all those who paid the ultimate sacrifice, for all those who suffered physical and psychological injury, for all those who did their part at home, rationing goods and contributing to the war effort as they could, we remember. And we remember all those who were led astray by a false narrative, all those who suffered the horrors and hardship of war, friend and foe alike. And we commit our, recommit ourselves to the purposes of God. As Jesus concluded the words that he spoke to his disciples, he reminded them of their calling. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go out and to bear fruit. 
fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I'm giving you these commandments so that you can love one another. As we remember all those who have served and all those who have died in time of war, both military and civilian, we are reminded of how great a cost war lays upon us all and how such hostility grieves the heart of God. Therefore, let us recommit ourselves to work for peace in our world, following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, who commanded his disciples to love one another. We have received Christ's command. We have been called to remember. Thanks be to God. Amen.